forever. Dog! Hi, Anna. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm gonna, this You're is... trying to hurt me. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Hi, Anna. <laughs> y'all. We just got in a big a, fight. Um, y'all are in for a psychological log flume. Yeah, this is, uh, this is scary stories to tell in the pod. Uh, it's a podcast all about uh, ghost stories, true life frightening things that have happened to you and urban legends. Uh, today, of course, is Wednesday, so it is an urban legisode. And um, you're catching us in a, at an interesting time because I just told Anna the uh, the, the urban legend I'm going to tell. And um, it just might be too scary. It actually just might be too scary. Here's uh, the thing. Our friend Matt Gehring sent us this story via email Mm -hmm. and I famously can't read email um, (laughs) when I'm at all overextended or I'll die. So I didn't read it. And then, but I was like, Oh great. Well, you said at some point. And then Andrew told me that he read it to his husband, Chris. And then as Andrew said, quote, it happened to Chris. (laughs) And he said, it also happened to me excited to read it on the pod. (laughs) I have been doing a show in Edinburgh, Scotland. I'm still here. We're recording remotely. Um, it's 12.22 a.m. <laughs> I have been doing the same hour show every single day at 4.30 in a room that is oven hot. <laughs> and I today I made fucking eye contact with a woman who from the beginning, the first 10 seconds of the show to the last blackout was nodding off and falling asleep while maintaining hard eye contact. Oh, no. I have gotten bad reviews from men, which is illegal. It's a crime. And I'm falling apart, and I'm actually not in a position to <laughs> hear a story that is famous for breaking people's brains. <laughs> um, I have a middle seat on the flight back. No. I need to keep together psychologically before I uh, am shot by an air marshal. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And what Andrew has suggested, which is honestly a testament to the fact that you're in a a good marriage with someone (laughs) who cares about you, is that Andrew has given the option, which is not something that I've learned from my family of origin. If someone has a weakness, you you punish them for it. But... uh, he has given me the option to bow out of hearing story. Because here's the thing. I feel like all of you actually deserve um, a warning ahead of time that the nature of this story sent to us by our friend who has now unleashed it upon us is that it is um, essentially a contagious nightmare <laughs> that um, when you hear it, you will have it. Um, and it, it kind of happened to me and then it really happened to my husband. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm like afraid that it's in my email. I think my email has it. Now. It is. In your, and I, here's the thing. I read it and I was like, this is fucking scary. And then I was like, oh, now it will happen. Um, I will, I will tell you my experience after I 
tell the story and then I'll tell you Chris's experience after that. And then if you have an experience, uh, let us know on Twitter or Instagram, scary story underscore pod. Um, but and yeah. just to be clear, when Andrew says you, he means not me. Yeah, not Anna, because it's just not the time. It, I totally get it. Um, it can't be the time. Yeah. I need to be in my house near my trash. <laughs> so so um, here's how I think this is going to function. Um, I'm going to tell – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the initial email, which, Anna, you don't have to mute anything for because there's, there's no cursed part of it. Um, then – for anyone who just, you know, maybe this is not a good time for you to be cursed um, with a with a contagious nightmare, uh, you can you can fast forward to the end um, or something or mute it or whatever. Or maybe this week's episode just is not for you. It's not graphic. There's no gore or anything. It just is a contagious nightmare. Um, it just will turn your brain into like a, 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 a slip and slide for Satan. And here's the thing. If you particularly, I feel like it's a it's of particular note to people who were raised um, in very religious households. This might be somewhat triggering. Again, nothing blasphemous, no gore, no swearing. Um, it's just it's just a, a creepy thing. And maybe you'll listen to it and be like, "This is completely underwhelming, and I'm not scared at all." Uh, but as as I convinced myself, I felt, and then maybe you will have the same nightmare. Um, I do first want to say just some history behind these sort of things. This might sound reminiscent of um, the classic uh, horror film The Ring or Ringu, the movie no. it's based on. Um, or- I'm scared hearing you say <laughs> The Ring. I am terrified. Or It Follows, uh, which is sort of about no. like a thing that you pass on to other people. And this is how no. this kind of feels. Um, <laughs> I'm scared because there's like a big cement backyard with like moss and shit in, behind my apartment. I don't like this. Um, so I, just fair warning to everybody. Um, maybe we're – again, maybe we're unleashing a wretched curse upon the earth. Um, but here's the initial email, not the not the cursed part. Uh, so no need to, to uh, turn off your iPhone just yet. Um, so Matt Gehring, very kind, friendly, uh, talented comedian, performer, writer, director, uh, from New York sends us an email, uh, that just says spooky stories. Hi, farmer and Dresden. I'm visiting family in Ohio and binged your episodes already. I love it. Thanks, man. Just, oh, thank you. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I have a real life spooky story about a ring type situation where my friend told me about an experience with a demon in his room and the same thing happened to me that night. Insane, I know. Just because the you asked for stories. The demon in room at <laughs> night, I now feel tainted. Why am I listening to this? <laughs> this part is scaring me. Um, you said this wasn't scary. This part is not, this is not the cursed part. This is just Yes, the, it is. This is just the synopsis. This is the pre-synopsis. Well, I'm scared. Oh, no. Um, and then it ends with, no press, keep it up. Can't wait for more. Love, Matt Gehring. <laughs> so, Anna, and this is here, like, just so we all know, we all have some culpability in this. Anna, you responded, in all caps, SEND IT! Thank you so much for kind words, but my God, I need to know this story. Want to send it, and we read it on DePod? Signed, I Anna Dresden. Yes, you did. Zero memory. You initiated it. I didn't say yes. 
Um, I was excited. I love, honestly, in theory, I love people's real life ghost stories. I didn't know that this would be some sort of like um, hepatitis A of the mind. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, um, okay. So these are loosely related to like, it's the opposite of a chain letter, which maybe you know about or have gotten emails about where it's like, send this letter on or something horrible will happen to you. Instead, it's like, don't listen to this thing because it's very scary and it will impact you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so Anna, I'm gonna go away. Anna's going to sign off. I'm going to text her when uh, I'm done reading the story and then we'll check back in again. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you after you say it because it's the same mouth. <laughs> Anna. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll text you and then you can decide. Uh, then we can decide if we want to talk again or I'll call you okay, when I'm done. I- Okay, I'll hang up, though. Okay, you hang up, and I'll call you when I'm done, okay? Okay, and I'm also going to pause my recording. Does that sound okay? Does that sound or good, Or stop Brett? it and do... Or should I just keep oh, it running? Uh, producer Brett says, keep going. Oh, but what if it catches a ghost on it? I'm scared. <laughs> you don't have to listen okay, to it. Cool. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank, truly, thank you for being flexible with this. I'm just, like, <laughs> actually medically afraid of a ghost. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I just... Because we, we had talked about me doing <laughs> no, it last week. I, this... And <laughs> don't apologize. I just forgot. Okay. Well, I, and okay. I don't want to subject you to something you don't want to be subjected to. So I totally get it. I'll call you when I'm Oh my uh, God. Done. Thank okay. you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Cool. Bye, Anna. Oh, Bye. Okay, everybody. It's just me. And here we go. This is Matt Gehring's Contagious Nightmare Story. So I'm in rural, rural Ohio. Cowtown. Huge cornfield right outside my house on the opposite side of the street. I, like everyone I grew up with, was super religious. Lutheran, church every Sunday, but never really believed anything. It's just what we did. Pretty much anyone in my town went to a youth group, but my friends were never into talking about anything religious outside of church. One night, I'm 17, and hanging with my friend Brad, who grew up in a pretty relaxed Catholic family. They call themselves C&E's, which meant they only really went to church on Christmas and Easter. Brad is super outgoing, and this night he was just a little distracted. I asked him what was up, and he said, I'm hesitating to tell you because I don't want it to happen to you. But, like, I'm a teenager and someone is withholding information, so I pester him, and he relents and tells me about his older brother's friend, who the night prior told him about this messed-up experience. The brother's friend was 12, when a red light filled his room and a demon spoke to him in his ear and he cried until morning came and it was gone. And the night before I was at Brad's, right after his brother's friend told him, the same thing happened to Brad. He then describes in detail about the street lamp outside his room slowly turning from yellowish to orange to then suddenly a dark blood red. He didn't look up, but he felt a presence in his room, a low, gruff breathing. And, as he put it, his Catholicism kicked in. He got on his knees, closed his eyes, and just started saying the Hail Mary repeatedly. Until, after what felt like an hour, he looks up and everything is back to normal. He was covered in sweat and laid down to sleep. I thought this was bullshit until he said at the end, it's just good I was on the right side of God, I guess. And this was coming from a kid who really never talks about religion, so it stayed with me. So I drive home and go to bed around midnight under a blanket, 
My room is in the basement with one small window on the ground floor that looks over to the cornfield, so I never have a direct light coming into my room. It's pitch black. And as I'm lying in bed, suddenly a light comes through the window and I freeze. Not sure if it was because I was scared or if it was something more, but I can't move. The light is not a single beam, but a flood of light right above me. And then it bleeds through. And it's not just coming in from the window. It's illuminating the whole room like my ceiling was an orb. And it's red. And it's getting darker and darker. For me, the light was accompanied with a low buzzing like faraway wasps. All I could do was whispered, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And as I'm staring straight into it, knowing what's supposed to accompany the light, then it suddenly turns off. No light, no sound. I can move. And for a second, I was like, trick of the imagination. And then, a tug at my blanket. Like when my mom would try to wake me up when I was younger, she would just tug on the blanket. Short, quick tugs. But then the tug stops, and the blanket starts sliding down my body. I grab the blanket, pull it up over my head, but it's like there's a constant pull on the other side. So my blanket is taut, and I'm under it, literally wide-eyed with terror, like it's happening. This is real. Holy fuck. Then I feel two hands on my ankles over the blanket, and they grip down hard. And again, I can't move. I'm like, what did Brad do? Hail Mary! But I realize at this point I don't know the words to Hail Mary, so I just start praying, sort of akin to Forrest Gump's, Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. I just keep repeating, dear God, make this not real, over and over and over again. And the more I say it, the grip on my ankles starts to loosen until I feel nothing. Then I hear my bedroom door open, I pull off the blanket, and I'm just in my room alone. I legit try not to tell this story. I don't want it to happen to you. It might be too long for your pod, but that's my story. It's all 100% real, unfortunately. The scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Smiley face emoji. Love, Matt Gehring. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the story. And again, maybe like me, you're hearing this and thinking, that's either bullshit or that's very scary or that's nothing at all. Um, but uh, the next night after I read this, I... Woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and um, I did not have sleep paralysis or anything. But I just, like, I woke up like a shot and was fully wide awake. It was 3 o'clock in the morning. And outside of my window, there's kind of a floodlight down the hallway uh, that we close our blinds to avoid. And I just see the light kind of streaming through the, the uh, slots between our blinds. And I'm watching, and I swear that as I'm watching, it gradually is getting redder, the light. And um, and I went into full Catholic schoolboy mode myself and in my head started, started saying Hail Marys um, until that kind of faded away again. And then I just could not fall back asleep until the sun rose. And, um, and then later... I didn't really tell anybody about this um, because I was like, I just don't want, I just don't want to mess with anyone's brain like the same way mine was messed with. I don't know that it was, uh, the, clearly my experience was not as intense as Matt's was, uh, but I was out to dinner with some friends and I was telling them about 
Matt sending this story and how it's like a contagious nightmare. And my husband is like, can I just read it? And I was like, ah, I don't recommend it, not because it you'll believe it'll happen, but just because, you know, it might lose you one night's sleep. But against my better judgment, my husband, Chris, uh, read the story. Didn't think too much of it. He's not a person who's easily scared, as you might remember. He's the one who uh, looked at himself in the mirror and uh, with a candlelight and waited until his features started to melt. <laughs> um, but then the night after he read it, uh, he, for only the second time in his life, experienced sleep paralysis where he woke up and he felt someone pressing down on him and holding him still and he couldn't move and he was just stuck in his body and he uh, he was totally alone in this waking nightmare. I wasn't in bed with him. And it, he said it was one of the most terrifying experiences of his life, not because he heard the like wasps buzzing or a demon's voice, but he just sat in this horrific liminal space waiting for something to happen, which he said was kind of even worse. So um, here's the thing. All these things probably just in our heads. Uh, but <laughs> if you're listening and something similar happens to you, A, I'm very sorry. Let's all blame Matt Gehring. And, uh, and B, uh, maybe, just, uh, maybe just learn some mantras to repeat uh, to rid yourself of, uh, of bad energy. <laughs> So now that that's done, um, I'm going to call Anna back. I'm going to ask producer Brett to unlock his phone. And uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about or what she's going to be up to hearing. (laughs) Because I get it. If I was alone in uh, an Airbnb in Edinburgh at one o'clock in the morning myself, I wouldn't want to hear the story either. Here we go. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I've read it, um, and then I talked oh about God. what happened to me, and I talked about what happened to Chris. So you were in the clear from all cursed, uh, contagious nightmare stories. So no scary Thank you nightmare. Thank so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for protecting me. Um, do you have a history of of sleep paralysis at all, Anna? Andrew, I'm not telling you anything. I'm just asking. This is unrelated. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do. Okay. Of course I do. I didn't know that. My brain is insane. And now Ladybird is screaming and running in circles for no reason. <laughs> you are, um, I, I, I guarantee you, you are not subject to this cursed material. Oh, it's sleep paralysis related? Yeah. Yeah, I've had it. You know when sleep paralysis happens? When you're sleep deprived and traveling. <laughs> no. Oh, Anna, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Actually, I love talking about sleep paralysis. So, what what is the scientific basis for it again? It's that um, it come. It's like exhaustion it's, based. It's when your um, your body's uh, rhythms for sleep are disrupted. It's sort of like having the hiccups, mm. but um, so what it is, it's that your um, so two things happen when you sleep. One, your body is uh, paralyzed. So like you don't act out all of your dreams, mm-hmm. um, which I think is uh, sleepwalking happens when that sort of gets disrupted. Like that uh, mechanism doesn't properly function. Yeah. Um, and also your mind shuts down basically like you mm-hmm. are not conscious. Um, so sleep paralysis is when your consciousness clicks back on, but your body is still paralyzed for sleep. Wow. 
Um, I have paralysis, sleep paralysis happen, and I thought ghosts were real when I woke up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really common thing. Is that what the story is? Or um, is it... Uh, kind of. Yeah. It's, okay, I, good. I won't I'm give glad you, I didn't listen. Yeah. I won't give you, I won't give you any, I won't give you any specifics. Um, I will say just like in terms of like history of sleep paralysis, it is the basis of a, of, of what like historians think a lot of ghostly encounters or, uh, possessions, um, like the source of, of the belief in those things. Um, it's where the word nightmare comes from. Yeah. It's based on the horse that's sort of panting in the corner. Um, the myth of the succubus comes from this. Yep. Weirdly, uh, very weirdly, um, WebMD says that, uh, you are far more likely to experience sleep paralysis on your back than if you sleep on your stomach, which good to know. Um, it also tends to accompany other sleeping disorders like, uh, narcolepsy or nighttime leg cramps. (laughs) I don't know. Leg cramps could be categorized as a sleep disorder. I know that's kind of a less, it's sort of a less mysterious sleep disorder, <laughs> you know? Ow. Oh God. Ouch. Um, and also uh, drastic changes in sleep schedule and lack of mm-hmm. sleep. Um, <laughs> I think what's interesting about this to me, I've, I've only experienced sleep paralysis once, but mine was a weird version of it, which is just that I was awake. I wasn't paralyzed, but I, my eyes were open and I could not close my eyes again. Um, and so what I was seeing, I couldn't not see anymore. And it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like a dramatically terrifying thing. It literally was just a spider on my ceiling. That was a very vibrant color. And I was like, I just don't want to oh, see it. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't real. And I was like, I just don't want to see it anymore. But I couldn't close my eyes. And I was, my eyes were just sort of locked on this one place. Um, oh, that sucks. But here yeah, are some. The vibrant color is the weirdest part of it to me. Yeah. It was like, it was as though my brain was like, we don't want to, we don't want to break you just yet. So we'll just make it like a Technicolor spider. Yeah. Um, I had like flashing neon signs whoa. on my ceiling. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It sucked. I like this part of the WebMD section about sleep paralysis, which says, what can I do about sleep paralysis? And it just says, there's no need to fear nighttime demons or alien abductors. (laughs) If you have occasional sleep paralysis, you can take steps at home to control this disorder. Start by making sure you get enough sleep. Do what you can to relieve stress in your life, especially just What a fucking bad (laughs) advice. Oh, my Um, God. It's basically telling you to become a white nationalist. (laughs) Or... Just try new sleeping positions. That's its main. That's its main advice. Um, sleep on your side. Apparently, an old like a a home remedy. I remember for snoring. If you didn't want to sleep on your back, was uh, to to tape a sock to your back, and that naturally what? you will not sleep on your back because the sensation is disconcerting. Which I don't. Tape. Yeah, tape on your back. I wouldn't want it. With what kind of tape? Um, I would guess some sort of medical grade tape, you know, like the type you have laying around your house. Oh boy. Um, oh, and then it just says, and be sure to see your doctor if sleep paralysis routinely prevents you from getting a good night's sleep. I don't know what he'd do. Um, I used to have, as I've covered. Kill you? <laughs> I used to have uh, a very, um, as I, have, I, have I mentioned Potato Sack Man on this podcast before, Anna? I don't know. In any event, I'm I ha- scared of him. I had a boogeyman 
in my head as a kid that was like a recurring character that appeared in nightmares that I would have. And um, my mom and dad sent me – it was like very debilitating and I couldn't I couldn't sleep with uh, without all the lights on in my room for like a year. And finally my parents sent me to uh, a therapist who specialized in like traumatic nightmares. But the therapist's office, I will never forget, was very dim and there were like three-foot goblin statues everywhere that I think were supposed to be silly, but they were like peeking around corners and from under tables and like there was one on top of a lamp. Um, and then I went in no. I went in to speak to the therapist and he was like, so tell me from beginning to end your nightmare. And I told him the nightmare in great detail, which I've, I'm sure I've told you a thousand times before, Anna, um, where Potato Sack Man is like this seven-foot-tall gangling man who is just wearing a potato sack over his body and nothing else uh, and also bloody tennis shoes. Um, and and he just chases me and every time he moves, his bones click and pop. And, uh, and I finished telling him the whole nightmare and truly all he did was he was like, yeah, wow, that's really scary, Andrew. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, great. Do you feel better now that you've told me about it? And I was like, no, it still really scares me. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, well, I think we should talk about it again next week. And my parents were kind of like, okay, this is not great. So instead what my mom did, and it actually really did work. Um, I went home and she was like, here's what we're going to do. You're going to draw the scariest version of Potato Sack Man you can imagine. Um, like draw him in all the worst detail imaginable. So uh, I drew him and it was really scary. And then we went in my backyard and she burned it and the ashes blew away. And I did not have a potato sack man nightmare after that. Oh my God. Yeah. It And, and my dad's like, this sounds kind of witchy to me. Uh, my mom was like, no, no, it's just about <laughs> like psychologically oh. letting yourself go. My mom's also very big into solstices, so I wouldn't be terribly surprised, but she's also a very she... devout Catholic too. There's so much crossover between women, devout Catholics and witchcraft, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, like what an incredible woman. That I is know. so... Man, the kind of problem solving you wouldn't think you'd have to do while becoming a mother. I really threw them through a bunch of loops. I In sixth grade, <laughs> we had a career day where we could pick whatever career we wanted, and then we'd like come in and do a presentation about it, and I picked female impersonator. Um, so really there was a lot of and – I, and I did it because I was like, I think maybe – I think maybe being like a – like a, a a drag comic would be a career I'd be interested in, which, you know, kind of is a reality of my life now. But, boy, really threw them through a loop, and oh they handled it very graciously. What did they do? <laughs> um, I, They helped me. I used one of my mom's, like, loud 80 sweaters. And, oh, you uh, did it? Yeah, I did it. I did it. And full, full, beat, full beat makeup. Um, and then big sunglasses. And then I borrowed, um, I borrowed a, a, a big permed wig from our neighbors, the Warrens. And, um, and I was kind of like an insult comic female impersonator. I really sort of just made up what I wanted it to be. And then, um, the teacher that I did the presentation about then gave me like dirt on other teachers. And I went from classroom to classroom and kind of roasted, uh, different teachers. And it was very fun. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I would pay money to see that. Uh, there, just a child. Uh, 
There's drag a, queen. There are pictures somewhere that I'll post on social media, uh, on our social media pages, to, so people can take a look. Please. But I had a big hit. I also, in my Catholic school, for my talent show, was Vincent Price one time, and I just recited a, a scary story about a, a skeletal bride who returns from the grave to get her ring back. Um, so yeah, Ooh. I really, I really did a lot. My parents had three like athletic, uh, popular sons. Um, and then I came along and was like, well, <laughs> you had it easy. Now I'm really putting you through the ringer, <laughs> but they you were very three lovely. straight kids, <laughs> three straight boys. Here comes and female really impersonator. Yeah. Oh my um, God. No, but they've, they've, they've. <laughs> They were really, they were really great. I'm actually, I'm actually very amazed at them um, and how, and how well they, they, they dealt with it all. So no, no, unbelievable. Real um, um, but I do, I do have one thing I want to say about um, sleep paralysis. I cured it. <gasps> um, this is what you do if you have sleep paralysis. Um, Cause the worst part of it is feeling trapped um, but I figured this out from a combination of Googling and, uh, boots on the ground practice <laughs> that I've done myself. I haven't had it in a while, wow. but, um, usually I'd get it like before moving or like while traveling. But, uh, what you do is you remind yourself that you're safe in your bed and that whatever's happening is like a result of panicking and struggling against it. Uh huh. Um, and you try to a little bit go back to sleep, or if you're really awake, wiggle your fingers and toes, wow. and then roll your head from side to side. Because what it is is waking up your body a little bit, and you won't be able to do it really quickly. Um, but oh, that's one way that you can get out of it. That's super helpful, Anna. Actually, I'm very relieved yeah. to hear that. And a much more um, uh, tangibly applicable solution than drawing your worst fear and burning it in the backyard. Um, I mean, look, I'm like, <laughs> I'm the most tired I've been in a long time in an unfamiliar place. I also moved the furniture around because I had a self-tape the other day. So, like, <laughs> that that's another time that it happens is when you move furniture, when you rearrange furniture in your house or paint or something. Wow. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Man, um, it's changed. <laughs> and uh, thank you for your patience in dealing with something so horrible at the My worst possible patience. time. <laughs> thank you for your patience. No, no. I'm like no, truly sh- feeble-minded, the <laughs> definition you of. Not. You are You are quite the opposite of feeble-minded. And I have a great wait, deal of – oh, no, go ahead. Wait, you finish what you're saying. I just want to say I have a great deal of respect for you for being able to identify like, hey – I'm not going to subject myself to something that's going to upset me because that's the thing that time and time again, I'm like, oh, it, it couldn't be so bad. And then I regret it forever. So I, you're, oh, yeah, you're yeah. very much an inspiration to like setting oh, thank you so much. what will be um, the most acceptable thing that will be taking care of yourself. Thank you for uh, not punishing me for having a limit. <laughs> um, I never will. Wow. This is good. We're modeling good behavior for our listeners. Yeah. Um, but I do I do have another – I have an update <gasps> uh, for last week's Urban Legisode. I talked about the uh, the um, Arthur's Peak – oh, sorry, Arthur's Seat Coffins. Yes. Oh, Birkenhair. Yep. Which are housed in the National Museum of Scotland, 
And my update is I went and I saw them. You did? Yes, I did. What was that I took like? pictures with it. We'll post it on socials. Amazing. Oh, Anna. Um, these things were hidden. <gasps> They're one of the most popular things that people ask for, but it's not on any of the maps. Oh. I had to ask one extremely Scottish guard. I understood <laughs> maybe zero out of ten words that he said. Wow. Um, and he gave me a very complicated, it was like, take the left, go up to the fifth floor, go to the left, go down the wooden staircase, bare left. Um, and like, you'll know you're there because there's a mini car. <laughs> Um, and then you go down another staircase and they're like, it's all the way in the back. There's a coffin, go past the coffin. They had a mort safe, which was those like iron things that they put around bodies until they were desiccated for no. six months during the like body snatcher years oh. where people would dig up bodies for anatomy <sighs> classes. What's wrong um, with dude, I don't know, but I got to say the mort safe was right next to the designated picnic area in the museum. Which is just the most Scottish thing I've ever heard. That is, I love that. I do love oh, that. Oh, truly wild. Um, <laughs> but it took me a while, and then I had to find another guard. And I asked him, I was like, where are the little coffins? And I like held my hands up, like my index finger and my thumb, about three inches apart. And just walked up to him and went, I'm sorry, where is the... And then made the universal single symbol for like small dick um which i didn't register i was just he immediately was like yeah i know he like a little bit like sweet like rolled his eyes like yeah i know what you want and i we were walking away and as a joke i said do people just walk up to you doing this all day and did the motion again and then as i was doing it for the second time i realized that it's like universal symbol for dick and then we were just walking and he said uh no And then we walked in silence, and the man took me to the tiny coffins and left me alone. Um, <laughs> the man took mortified. me to the tiny coffins and left me alone is, that, is, a really, honestly, is a really great Anna Dresden quote. That is me, like, visualizing my best life. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were really good. Was They're it, little. I have a, was it scarier to see? Like, was it? Did it make it more or less scary to see them? More scary. I don't feel unsafe in my house because of them, but they're fucked up. Yeah. Like seeing, even just seeing like, because they had a whole um, creepy corner of like um, death ritual stuff. And like seeing handwriting from back then. Oh, I don't uh, like that. Yeah. It's just, and like engraved on metal, you just see how bad people were at like, um, efficiently making an engraving, but like by hand, like people are bad at it. And it's like seeing the eyes carved into these shitty dolls. Mm. Um, now I feel scared that I said that they're shitty dolls. No, they're these, great. Um, Gorgeous. Rough hewn country, beautiful dolls that I respect that brought me a great deal of um, meaning. Rustic Williams and Sonoma dolls. <laughs> Folk Scottish <laughs> figurines. Yeah, it's always like um, when when someone gives you like a corn husk doll. I'm always like, "Thank you," and I'm and it's also scary. You know what I mean, Andrew? How often I are have you been gifted a corn husk doll, <laughs> Andrew? You know that thing. I had a no. I had a friend whose grandma would travel the world and send little gifts, 
And um, and yeah, at one point I was given a cornhusk doll that I had for a long time. But That's it, too scary. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and uh, um, but I, I do have a theory that these were not um no, now I'm afraid to say my theory because I feel like it's going to visit me in my sleep. No, 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 no. Um, I'll post my theory on socials. Good. In the morning. In the morning. Yeah. Not now. Um, the important thing, this was, this was another thing I, I would also uh, uh, take with me when I was a kid and I was scared to go to bed. Um, there's like always a way to like think of what the silly incarnation of the thing you're scared of is. Which is again – Hate to go back to an, yet another Harry Potter reference, but kind of the idea of how to undo the scariness of a boggart. Um, and something I remember being very effective that my dad told me one time when I was afraid of the um, the creature from Black Lagoon is that my dad was like, you know who's in that suit? And I'd be like, who? And he'd be like, Groucho Marx. And then for a long time, I just thought Groucho Marx played the creature from the Black Lagoon. And that was uh, very helpful and very impactful. Anytime I imagined... A scary thing, I'd be like, it's just Groucho Marx, which is very helpful. That is good. I've just tried it on myself, and it didn't work because then I thought, oh, how scary would it be if then you were like, no, there's nothing in there. It's just the thing. <laughs> Sorry, did I ruin it for you? Yeah, but that's okay. No. No, no. It's good. It's good. I, I really deserve that one. So now we're... <laughs> Now no, we're even. No, it's good. I'm so sorry. No. Man, we're going to be a real mess by Halloween already with this podcast. Oh, so my God. Scary Guys, on Halloween, we're both going to um, go so spooked. I did think I think that would be very a, – a good prank that you could have done is I could have uh, called you back and then you just could have not answered and I would have been really scared. Ugh. But you would never do that I mean, because you're a respectful so friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Anna. Um, okay. Thank Andrew. you. Thank you for enduring this at such a at such a tense time. Dan, um, thank you so much for making it work for our family. Oh, you know what? It's it's a pleasure. And for everyone, if you're still listening, um, let us know again if something spooky happens. We offer our apologies, mine in particular, um, for subjecting it to you. Uh, but also, yeah, like. Uh, uh, I don't know. Send us scary stuff via Instagram or, or or Twitter. We'll have an email address and soon. Also, we will. And also, huge thanks to Mr. Matt Gary. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for really Sag messing Aftra. our brains up. Sag after you might recognize him from the Netflix movie about um, assistance. No, I need to go to bed. Okay, I'm not listening to his credits. <laughs> All right, Anna. Love you. Oh, my God. Love you guys. And to all our listeners, get get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.